0: Two weeks ago, we heard from Genesis 32, uh, the story of Jacob wrestling with God at the ford of the river Jabbok and receiving the name Israel as a result. Israel means struggles with God or God strives. We talked about life as a Christian being one in which we struggle with God sometimes. And more often, God engages with us when we have disregarded him, decided to do things our own way, and wandered off in search of greener pastures. Listening to Jesus in today's gospel lesson is a struggle. That's the reading I'm going to focus on this morning. If you'd like to hear more about the first lesson about Joseph and his brothers, I encourage you to listen online to the Lenten homily from March 22nd of this year or to the sermon entitled, A Family Reunion, from August 16, 2020. Now back to Jesus and the Canaanite woman in today's gospel lesson. How could he say to her in Matthew 15, verse 26, It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Was he saying that non-Israelites are dogs? Now, I like dogs. And this passage may not be as much of a struggle as it was hearing God tell Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac or to put Hagar and Ishmael out of the house, both of which we heard recently. But still, troubling. What could Jesus mean by saying such a thing? To get a handle on that, let's just step back for a minute, compose ourselves, and extend to Jesus the same courtesy that Martin Luther, in his explanation of the Eighth Commandment in his small catechism, tells us that we ought to extend to any neighbor, namely, by putting the best construction on everything. To begin with, Jesus doesn't actually call the Canaanite woman a dog. He uses what was probably a familiar phrase in his culture, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs, that's similar to an expression that we use today, that is, to throw pearls before swine. Saying that does not mean that you're calling someone a pig. It's hyperbole, meaning that they have no appreciation for the rare and the beautiful. Picture me, for example, in a jewelry store, a perfume shop, or a fashionable haberdashery, and you'll get the picture. Hyperbole or not, it's still no compliment to the swine. But neither is it the casual xenophobic bigotry that it might appear on the surface. Jesus has a sharp tongue in today's gospel lesson, but he's using it to goad rather than to wound. We can be confident of this, because elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus time and again seeks out and commends Gentiles and others regarded by many as beyond the pale of God's covenant with Israel. The Samaritan woman at the well, for example, in John 4, the centurion with the sick servant, and the man possessed with a demon in the region of the Decapolis are all examples. Furthermore, Jesus seems to be an equal opportunity insulter. In verse 24, he refers to the people of Israel as lost sheep, right before he alludes to them as children. Jesus is goading two parties then in today's gospel lesson. The Canaanite woman certainly probing her faith and eliciting evidence of it. But he's also goading his disciples by indulging and imitating them, which helps to explain his language. Remember what the disciples told him to do? Send her away in verse 23. Send the crowds away, they told him in chapter 14, before he fed the 5,000. Go away, we can imagine them telling the little children in chapter 19, whom Jesus would go on to bless. Okay, Jesus effectively replies in today's gospel lesson, have it your own way. Learn from this woman what faith looks like. Understood in that context, Jesus' words to the Canaanite woman sound less like xenophobia and more like a question intended to provoke, illustrate, and commend the faith of a person that his disciples and the Pharisees were inclined to discount. Jesus wants his people, the people of Israel, starting with his own disciples, to witness, desire, and emulate faith like that of the Canaanite woman. By probing her faith with a provocative question, Jesus trains his disciples in the resilience that faith makes possible. When we are insecure, our lack of faith causes us to snap when tested. But faith like the Canaanite woman's doesn't break. It doesn't turn on its heel. Because she trusts Jesus, she stays engaged with him. She's an example to the disciples, the exemplar of faith to those who think that they are in the know and in the fold. To them and to us, Jesus says, God doesn't play identity politics. It's not what we eat or whose parents we are or what country we come from or what tribe we're from that justify us before God. It's faith, like this foreign woman's faith in the one whom God sent. As the Apostle Paul takes pains to explain in Romans chapters 3, verses 3 through 5, neither our ancestry nor our good behavior can make us righteous before God. In Romans 3, 23 through 25, Paul writes, For there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. He continues in verses 27 through 29, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith, apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yet, yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. End quote. Faith is God's gift, and it means a life of striving and struggle with God. Not dissembling so as not to rock the boat, not pretending that the Bible always makes sense to us, not repackaging Jesus as Prince Charming, but being open to God's provocative, incisive, and healing word, Practicing forbearance, staying engaged, learning from others, and encouraging other one another when the going is tough. By speaking to the Canaanite woman in what sounds like an insulting way, Jesus elicits from her words of faith that are our only means of righteousness, forgiveness, and salvation. Jesus showcases her faith to the world from the mouth of one who was not an Israelite, who was not a Pharisee, who had no access to righteousness, no historical or ethnic tie to ancient Israel, and no claim to be called a child of God, except by faith in Jesus. And that's the same position that most of us are in too. Jesus gives gives us the Canaanite woman as an example of the faith by which God makes us righteous and saves us from sin, death, and the devil. God's salvation comes to us in unexpected ways, in unexpected places, and from unexpected people. It was in Egypt that he saved Jacob and his family from famine. It's from a small, obscure, wayward people called Israel that he produces the Savior of the nations. It's in a Canaanite, not an Israelite, woman, that 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 Savior reveals to us the faith by which we are reckoned righteous and saved. Strange. Unexpected. Unexpected troubling, even shocking. God is not safe. He doesn't do things the way we would. But he is good. He is trustworthy. And it's in his Son that our faith belongs.